Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Chris Campbell at East End Meets in Transcona, where there was a crazy break-in this week. Jaden Schritt, Winnipeg's kindness kid. He's still at it. The founder and two other members of the Save Seven Oaks ER Coalition on their 7,500 signatures and credit aides Brian Denishuk on the new federal incentive for first-time home buyers. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Joining us on the phone now to kick off the show, you can read about this as well at cjob.com and see some of the incredible pictures. Chris Campbell is at East End Meets in T-Town, out in Transcona, and he has been robbed, and Chris is on the phone now. Hi, Chris. Good afternoon. Tell me what happened. Oh, well, it seems like we got a giant rat that came in through the side of the building, tore it, tore it right open, and uh, seemed to steal a, a bit of stuff from us, it seems. When did this happen? Oh, it, it happened on Monday, approximately around 4 in the morning. And there is literally a hole in the side of your building. You betcha. Yeah, they... Uh, they peeled it open like a like a tin can and excavated through like they're breaking into a bank. It's something out of a movie, I tell you. What were they expecting? I mean, all they got away with was some meat and some change and a knife, I think. I mean, did, did they figure they were breaking into Fort Knox? <laughs> I'm not too sure, but they were they're certainly desperate. That was that was no easy job. They must have been been there for a little while. I mean, I know you got good meat, Chris, but is it that good? <laughs> Oh, that's good enough for him to to help a, help him to a couple sausages from our cooler. That's crazy. Have police got any leads? Uh, no, not yet. We uh, we've we've heard that the police are very busy at the moment. They have they have yet to come down, so we had to board up the side of the building for now until we can get all this mess sorted out. And I mean, as a business owner, Chris, how do you protect yourself against somebody actually digging and burrowing through the side of your building? <laughs> you know, there's there's only so much you can do, and. My, my grandfather always told me, you know, if someone wants to break in, they're going to break in. They'll find a way, and they certainly did. Well, Chris, I hope it doesn't happen again. Thanks a lot for telling us about it. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. That is Chris Campbell at East End Meats in Transcona. It's been a while since I, I chatted with Jaden Schritt. He is uh, Winnipeg's kindness kid. What a great kid he is. He's fantastic. Uh, and his uh, mom, Sharon, sent me a text and, hey, Jaden would like to see you. Can he come and have a chat with you? He's still at it. He's still spreading kindness out there. And I said, absolutely. And so after the show yesterday, I sat down in front of a couple microphones and had a chat with Jaden, Winnipeg's kindness kid. Hello. How is Winnipeg's kindness kid? I'm good. Are you? Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I've been... Busy because my neighbor has gotten sick and my grandfather is really sick Uh-oh. in the moment. So he just had been taking care of the family and stuff and taking care of ourselves. So right. I couldn't do as much as I wanted to, but at least I still did some stuff. So that's good. Good for you. Life gets in the way, man. You'll yeah. realize that as you get older. And you are so old now. Like, you are you 17 now? How old are you? 12. Really? You look 17 to me. So... Tell me about your neighbor. Your neighbor is going to climb Mount Everest? Yeah, he is. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, I gave him $100 to help 
give him the uh, like funds to do it. Yeah. He hired a trainer. I I think he was on the other day actually. On CGOB. Yeah. Might have been. Yeah. Probably he was like a doctor or something. I don't remember his name. Kerry LeBlanc, right? Yeah, that's his name. That's bike riding. Mm-hmm. And Mount uh, Everest. he wants to try and raise ten thousand dollars for Main Street Project, and you helped him out with a hundred bucks of the money that you've raised. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I hope he puts it to good use. Yeah. And I see you've got uh, what have you got here? What are you selling these days? Uh, I'm selling like bracelets and keychains, and you can buy one if you want to. Cool. Uh, so just either like message me on my Facebook account, and we can like you can come and pick one up, or you can come and drop one off. Sure. Yeah. Or or they can get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Hal at cgob.com or two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. They can text or call, and I'll make sure they uh, get yeah. a hold of you. And my Facebook page is more kindness twenty eighteen. We need some more donations too. We have a bin out on our front porch because we haven't gotten as much as this year as we did last year. Right. So we're running a little bit behind on what we wanted to do. Like the entire year I was trying to do as much as we could, but we didn't have enough really donations to do it. So if you have any extra canned food or vegetables or anything or... You're uh, collecting that stuff. Like we're collecting bathroom things, clothes, Mm -hmm. anything as much as we can. And what's your address? People can drop it off at your place? Uh, It's for Veronica Bay by Templeton and Salter. And I hear you were out uh, getting signatures against bullying. Yeah, we were. I've gotten bullied a lot over the past couple of years. So uh, yeah, we are... I just, I'm sick of it. Yeah. I don't want any more of it. I was bullied a lot. I was I was the big kid that got teased all the time, yeah. and it's no fun, man. And I was always the small kid. <laughs> so, You're the opposite to me. Yeah. Well, just take whatever, you know, your frustration, your anger, and just use it. Take the high road, as they mm-hmm. say, you know. Just yeah. don't get down in the dirt with the rest of them. Yeah, there's no point. No. Nope. Why waste your time and energy facing something that you're obviously better than? Absolutely. And you are, man. You're a great guy. That's why I have you on the radio, because you're a good kid. Thanks. Yeah. So, oh, I wanted to say this. Um, That's great that you're outside your place getting signatures and stuff, but I think we got to find you a computer expert out there who's willing to help you, and let's get a virtual petition for you. Yeah, like a website. Yeah, let's get a website going. I've seen a lot of ad about, like, Wix and stuff. Not sponsored, but... uh, (laughs) Yes, right. Uh, maybe I can just use a website like that or something. Again, not find, sponsored I, by Wix. I will find somebody for you right now. We're putting the call out. Okay. Um, uh, Jaden, Winnipeg's kindness kid. Computer needs, experts out there, yes, please help me. An online expert, social media expert, computer expert. Let's get something virtual set up, a website for you, so that people can sign your petitions and, and give and, and donate that way. I love the yeah. old school. I love, I love what you're doing, but I think this is is a good idea we gotta kick it up a notch and if you need to like call us or something yeah it's uh, at 204-779-1440 wow if you are one of the computer experts that we are looking for again it is 204-779-1440 you're a brave guy giving out your phone number i don't know if mom's gonna like that or not but they can get a hold and of me don't, too don't spam me <laughs> <laughs> they can get a hold of me too. Okay, so yeah. how much are the uh, how much are the bracelets and uh, keychains? Okay, so a keychain is four dollars, yeah. and a bracelet is three dollars. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna take one how? of each. Yes, you're like my best friend. Um, so I'll give you a discount. No, no, I don't want a discount. Yeah, I'm why? gonna take you're one my of best each. Friend. I'm gonna. T- 
Oh, I love you, man. I'm going to take one of each, and here's 10 bucks. okay? So you okay. can put the tip toward the... But wait, that's too much no, change. But I'm going to give that to you. That's, okay. a, that's a little extra. You Thanks. take that. Wow. Thanks. You're welcome, buddy. I, I love what you're doing. We're going to find you a computer expert. We're going to get somebody to help you with a website. We're going to take this to the next level. Jaden, you're a good kid. Keep it up, buddy. Don't let the bullies get you down. Yeah, thanks, Hal. You too. That is Winnipeg's kindness kid, Jaden Schritt. He paid me a visit after the show yesterday. He is awesome. He is a phenomenal kid. And he does this good for no, he doesn't do it for attention. He does it because he's just a caring young guy. The Save Seven Oaks ER Coalition uh, just presented moments ago 7,500 signatures to NDP leader Wab Canoe. And we have in studio with us now three members of that coalition, including the founder, Greg McFarlane, Helen Zarahout. Zar- I, I see Helen, I had it perfect off air. Zaharku. Zaharku. And Wendy Carrier. They're all members of the Save Seven Oaks ER Coalition. Greg, let me start with you. You're yes. the founder. You yes, began sir. you began all this. Why? Well, I was um I attended the um the Save the Concordia ER um coalition rally back in April. And the buzz was, okay, what are we gonna do with um with uh, Seven Oaks? Because it's slated to close in September. <clears throat> so me being the community person, and uh, I have a couple of networks, and I'm very active in the in the in, in, in the community. I decided to, you know, just see what I can do and create a Facebook page. So all I did was create a Facebook page, and I just shared it with my different networks and different uh, community members. And the feedback was was what uh, was amazing. Yeah, people started to join in. Uh, what it was, I wanted to create a forum. Where people can, you know, um, voice their concerns um, and voice voice their concerns about the closure, and you know, voice their concerns and give their opinion on yeah, sure. on keeping the ER open. And, and so, what is your opinion then on the Seven Oaks ER? Why do you want to keep it open? Explain and and maybe share with us some of the comments that others have have shared with you. Well, it services a whole north north half of the half of the city and uh, surrounding municipalities: West St. Paul, East St. Paul. Um, Stonewall, they all they would all come to um, Seven Oaks. Um, in talking to people, it's like, where else? Where else would they? Where else would they go? I mean, they would ha- if if someone has a, a, an a, uh, emergency where they actually need ER services. If this closes, they would have to have the daunting task of driving into the downtown area, which at any time going from north to the south is is difficult. And we all know that in in an emergency, seconds matter. And, and let me bring Helen in here. Helen, sure. you're a you're a veteran at this. You of the 7,500 signatures, you got 4,000 on your own, and you've done this before back in the filming years. Tell me about it. About it now, or well, but why this is important to you? Okay. Why was it important back in the filming years? To because there was talk then of ER, of uh, Seven Oaks shutting mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. You fought, and I guess in a way won. Uh, you're fighting again. Okay, as a long-time resident of Garden City, um, when it was supposedly going to close way back when, I, I thought, well, I moved into this area to be close to a hospital, therefore I would like the services available if and when I needed it, plus my family. Uh, okay, uh, stepping forward, now we've got the same situation with Seven Oaks with the ER, 
uh, and ICU and turning it into uh, urgent care, I feel that the north quadrant of Winnipeg serves a lot of people. Like we're looking like 55,000, maybe 60,000 people in this northwest quadrant. That's not counting uh, Concordia sure. area. Yeah. I got to ask you, how did you collect 4,000 signatures? That's incredible for one person. Well, I stood with my sign and every chance I got, and even in private conversations and visitations, uh, people were asking me what I was doing. So I politely told them what I was doing. So they said, well, where's your book? So I went and fetched my book and away we go. We obtained a lot of signatures and one person told another person a gift of gab went a long way and I was able to get 4,000 plus signatures. Good for you. And Boy, that's that's amazing. That is really truly, 75, 100 signatures is a lot. To think that you got over half of those on your own, I, I commend you. That's a wonderful effort on your part. Wendy, uh, come on in here. And uh, I when I was uh, mentioning earlier that we were going to be chatting, somebody said, Hal, it's as simple as calling for an ambulance. If you really need an emergency, call an ambulance and let the ambulance take you to the area of the hospital you need to go to. What, what's the problem with that? Because the community here needs the hospital that's nearby for them. Um, you know, even Helen was just mentioning to me earlier that this is her hospital. She lives in this area. This is where she goes when she has five minutes. She goes in and she gets the care she needs. And trying to imagine her going down to health science or calling an ambulance and waiting those minutes she doesn't have. So having it here isn't it's vital. Greg, what do you say to people, and, and I'm putting the arguments on the other side okay, out there, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious to hear your reaction. Yeah. We hear uh, from the province that 60 or 70 percent, uh, I think we heard that for Concordia, it must be similar mm-hmm. for Seven Oaks, 60 to 70 percent of the people uh, can be handled by urgent care that, go, that we're going to the Concordia ER. Um, what do you say to that, that urgent care is, it will serve uh, 60 to 70 percent of the people just fine? I'm sure that they <clears throat> came up with that um, that statistic, but I think the, uh, the the issue is is what happens when your urgent care turns into an emergency care, and they and the uh, the facility isn't staffed enough to accommodate that. Now they have to whisk you across the city or into the downtown area to get uh, that emergency care. It should be staffed accordingly, and those uh, it, the resources should be there for to handle any situation. Mm-hmm. So you just handed the 7,500 signatures, including Helen's 4,000. I want to keep mentioning that because I think it's incredible. Uh, your 7,500 signatures to NDP leader Wab Canoe. What did yes. he tell you? Well, he said it was, it was a great effort by the coalition. I mean, to get that many signatures. And, and mind you, one thing that was, wasn't mentioned, that was in four weeks. We did that in four weeks. Yeah, uh, that's so crazy. It, yes. So it just goes to show you that uh, the community came out in the in in the hundreds in the obviously the thousands to, to, to voice their concerns about keeping this ER open. So what is uh, Wab Canoe going to do? He's going to hand the uh, signatures over to the premier. And- well, when they when when he can finally find the premier, and he, if he's in if he's in town, he will deliver them to the premier and and and, and send our voice. And and did he give you reason to be hopeful that something can be done, or is it because you know the health minister a while yeah. ago told nurses yeah. we're not going backwards, we're we're powering ahead with this. Well, 
the government is going to do what they're going to do, but they're going to also know that this north end of the city is is wants this ER to stay open. And we didn't we didn't want to go that way, but it's it's definitely going to be a political issue come mm-hmm. whenever this election is, is going to be called. Right. And, um, and the, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say I'll, I, we're all, almost out of time. Yes. Wendy, I'll give you a, a final word, and then I'll let Helen wrap it up here. Go ahead. Final uh, chance to make your argument to the listeners of CJOB. I think the biggest thing that I've been hearing is the healthcare workers, all the staff, all of their stories, and it's so saddening and it's horrible. So I think that, you know, we need to listen to both sides, the community and the staff. Helen? Okay, my last comment is do the right thing. Treat the people of the North Quadrant of Winnipeg with TLC and urgent not urgent, but emergency service. Uh, Travel time is detrimental to many cases. I've heard that from people when I did my petitions, and it's sad. So I'm asking the Premier to scrap the planned mandate and do the right thing for the people of the North Winnipeg. Brian Denishuk joins us from Credit Aid on the phone. Hi, Brian. Hi, Hal. How are hey, you doing today? I'm great. Thanks a lot for always being so available. I, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, this federal incentive, new federal incentive for first-time home buyers is out. People can read all about it at cgob.com. But Greg Mackling on our morning show this morning on the start here uh, asked a great question. I'll, I'll read a little bit of the story from the website, and then I'll tell you his question, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts. That's mostly why I wanted to have you on today. But the headline at cgob.com uh, is about this new uh, federal incentive for first-time home buyers. The new program, first announced in the federal budget last March, would see the government help some first-time buyers by advancing an interest-free loan of up to 5% of the purchase price of an existing home and up to 10% of the cost of a new home if certain conditions are met. In order to qualify, buyers must have a household income below $120,000 a year. And Greg on the morning show this morning said... My worry is, are we helping people to buy a home that maybe can't afford it and maybe shouldn't be buying a home? Not a bad question, eh, Brian? That's a really good question. When I look at the program, I say it's an interesting program because I have so many more questions than answers. I look at it and say, what's it really trying to solve? And is there a danger of pushing people into homeownership that can't afford it? First of all, maybe if I can just recap a little bit, um, a conversation I had with Lori Bodro, a good friend of mine from Castle Mortgage this morning, and we're talking about this, and she says to me, she goes, you know, you really got to look at as to why people can't afford homes today. And a lot of it is around the fact that their debt level is too high. You know, in the past, we had vehicle payments 200 to $250 with maybe $1,000 on credit cards. Look at the average person today. Their vehicle payment is $350 biweekly. That's $750 per month, and they're carrying $20,000 on credit cards. You know, maybe that's why they can't afford a home. 
Yeah, it's a really good point. Things have changed, and while uh, this would have maybe let somebody uh, buy a home, which in the past has been a great investment, not so much anymore. It's not an investment anymore the way it used to be. And, you know, uh, the government came out with the stress test and all these all these new hoops to jump through, and, and I'm a believer in pulling back a little bit on that now, now that I think, you know, uh, that's just my personal feeling. But I, I thought Greg asked a great question. I think it might put some people in a position to be able to buy a home when maybe they shouldn't be. And, and it really might. But I did some number crunching when I saw that question. And so I did some calculating. I says, let's say somebody just buys a $300,000 home and they only have that 5% down payment today. What is their mortgage payment? And I did a comparison to the government kicking in another 5%, so now all of a sudden there's $30,000 down. You're really only going to save about $85 a month on your mortgage payment. The other question, that the part that really scares me and makes me think I need to look at this closer is that let's fast forward the, the equation 15 years. We know that when you have to repay this, you're going to be paying it based on the current value of the home, not the purchase price. So let's say 10 years in, you pop $100,000 in, Hal, and you add a little addition. Now you've increased your value and go back, go, go forward another five years, and this home's worth 600000 Now they're going to value it at six hundred, and you've got to pay 5% back on that. You're going to have to pay $30,000. Meanwhile, you invested $100,000 of your own money in this addition. How's that all going to work? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I appreciate you doing the homework on this too, Brian. I suspected you would do that. I was looking just to have a conversation, but I appreciate you doing uh, some of the homework on this. So let me ask you a question. We had Generation Squeeze on last week, and they yep. did new research that said basically uh, homes, uh, not as much here in Winnipeg as, say, uh, Vancouver or Toronto, but homes are less affordable for young people here. Is it better for somebody who has a tight budget to rent or to buy? What's the advice you give at Credit Aid? I would say, first of all, sit down and do a detailed budget in the rental world. And then what you want to do is you want to say, okay, let's extract this and see what life would look like in the homeownership world. So do a second budget. Take out the rental numbers, add in the cost of your mortgage, a maintenance account, your property taxes, and everything realistic with a home. Now look at the numbers. What does it look like? Do I have money left over at the end of the month, or am I all of a sudden overspending? And that will help you analyze and make a decision. Should I or should I not be in in home ownership at this point in my life? This is why I think what you guys do at Credit Aid is so valuable because so many times we make major life decisions, purchases, homes, and cars, and we never sit down and put pen to paper and look at the numbers, do we? I agree 100%. And if, you know, put the numbers on paper, live the numbers. You want to buy a home? You live a rental budget today. Pretend you're living in a home ownership budget and take those extra dollars that you're going to be spending and take them out of that checking account, put them in a savings account and say, how does it feel to live within this framework? That's going to be the key indicator on whether or not you should pull the trigger and buy that home. And you said more questions from this federal uh, new federal incentive, more questions than answers. So are, are you a thumbs down then or a thumbs up uh, until you get more uh, uh, answers to your questions? I'm a thumbs down at this point until I truly understand how the repayment's going to work. I'd like to see some numbers and forecasts if you, if, 
you know, what is the true cost of this $15,000 that they say is interest-free if they're taking part of your equity back 10 years, 15 or 25 years down the road? They say you can pay it off any time. How are they going to determine what the, the house value is? Right. Yeah, it's, typic- it, it's sort of typical of government as we get close to election time, right? The headline looks great. New federal yeah. incentive for first-time homebuyers. But as you said, lots of questions unanswered. And uh, until that uh, government is back in power again, uh, we may not get those answers. Brian, thanks a lot for this. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Al. Have a great day. Brian Denishuk at Credit Aid. You can read the story about this new federal incentive at cjob.com. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.